Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Nat Strawn and Allie. Hey, everyone. Hello, everyone. I feel like we haven't recorded in a month. I know. When we skip a week, which I feel like is... So I feel like we're doing a lot, and I know I say this all the time, and people are probably going to get annoyed with it because they're like, oh my God, you have a podcast. Like, stop acting like this is so hard. Like, shut right. up and just get to the story. But when we skip, a, it's hard, guys. So when we skip a week, it feels like just like the most freedom I've had in my life. You know, like, right. I'm like what is all this extra time? Like, why do right. I not feel stressed right now? What is <laughs> happening? And it's like, oh, because I don't have a deadline. I'm not like procrastinating and like up at like 3 a.m. on Tuesday night waiting to put the podcast up <laughs> at 6 a.m. on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. The editing, ta- like, I really can't emphasize how long it takes the researching takes at least, I would say, like, at least five hours. Yeah, but, but the research is the, fun. Yeah, exactly. And then the, but the editing is like, oh, my God, it just drags. It drags. And it takes probably twice as long as an episode to edit. So if we have, like, three hours of raw audio, it'll take us, like, six hours to get that cut down to an hour 45. It's like so inefficient. Like I know, just why can't we just shut up? We don't make any money, and we work way too hard. I know, it's it's like not a good business model. But we thank you guys for supporting us. Yes, but thank you so much for supporting us. And I hear that we're gonna have another merch drop, Natalia. Yes. So don't get too excited, guys, because I only got seven of each size in the long sleeves and the hoodies because I'm just terrified of failing and like having a lot of merch (laughs) and being in a lot of debt over this so we used our profits from the first merch drop to buy these which was probably a bad business plan but in my mind (laughs) I'm just like all these people are saying they wanted merch you know and so right hopefully everyone buys them so yeah I guess by the time this goes up will it be live on the website yeah, it should be. So you guys can go to letsgethaunted.com and our homepage is going to be the merch store. Yeah. And you can knock yourself out. Like I said, I only ordered seven of each. So if everything sells out and everyone's sad, then maybe I'll get more. But I'm just hoping that it sells out because that then Alyssa's going to be like, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> So please. Yeah, guys. Prove me wrong, guys. Go buy some merch. (laughs) Honestly, though, I didn't think anyone was going to buy our merch. So I'm really happy. We had like 200 sales or something or yeah. 100 it does, say i don't remember it, we had like 170 something i just said 200 wow. and I rounded it up when i told my manager trying to make myself sound like super productive during the quarantine i was like i sent him an email because he's like hey where are your headshots because i haven't cooking i have new <laughs> headshots in like four months and i was like hey sorry i've been really busy here's an update and it was literally like a christmas letter of things i've been up to but i was like <laughs> reaching so it was like my podcast hit 500,000 streams and then I was like to celebrate we had a merch drop and sold 200 things and then I was just like neither one of those is true like we did the merch (laughs) before we had the streams 
and the streams would have happened on their own right well okay so actually we hit so you're right we hit 500,000 streams but that's only on Spotify so then I was like okay what's it mean for everything else so I was trying to like tabulate everything and it's close to 800,000 streams (gasps) across all platforms oh my god okay so when we're at a million we'll do another merch job to celebrate (laughs) (laughs) is it is it depressing that we still don't have ads or is it impressive? So, Are people impressed? I feel like people should be like really stoked that we're providing this for free. I th- think that people are. And I think that they're li- okay. like a little concerned also. But <laughs> I was thinking about this actually last night because like, you know how they're like, I think I'm just bitter at this point. So I was like, you know, what? actually, I think it's kind of sick that we don't have ads because we're right. <laughs> like the voice of the people. Right. Like we have right. no stake in trying to prove anything. So you can trust us like we're not fake right. news because we're not like making anything off this. Exactly. Like you can't buy us corporate America, but actually you can. Please give <laughs> us, us an ad. Yeah. Email us. Uh, let's get haunted pod at gmail.com, please. That's right, please. And you can also find us on pretty much any social media. We have a subreddit, r slash Let's Get Haunted. Mm-hmm. We have a Instagram at Let's Get Haunted. We have a Twitter at Let's Get Haunted. What else do we have? We have other things. We have a TikTok. We do. We don't Let's use Get it. Haunted. But you guys can link spooky stuff to us and we do watch it. We watch right. spooky stuff. Yeah. yeah. And also we have a Twitch and we also don't use it, what? but we do use it to watch other people's streams. <laughs> <laughs> so you can connect with us on all those platforms and get fully. Ha- you'll be so haunted. You'll be like, OK, I need to like I can't uh, like be this haunted. Right. You you won't even know what to do with yourself with all these bad vibes that we are gifting you with. And also we have a P.O. Box. P.O. Box 1658 Camarillo, California 93011. And Natalia, we got fan mail. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Alyssa's holding up a letter on the Zoom. Honestly, the P.O. Box makes me cry because it's just like so wholesome. And it's always, like, really sweet notes. And, like, some, there's just something really special about something that comes, like, handmade. You know, like, I'm like, this person definitely really put some effort into this. And we actually have five packages. I just went and checked last two weeks ago, last week. I don't remember. Time doesn't make any sense. But we have five packages. And I'm going to open them in front of you, Natalia. Oh, yay. Okay, here here's your ASMR. Okay, this is, oh, cute. Oh, I see colorful marker drawing, but I can't see what it is. Wait, what the heck? Is this from, is this recent? Wait, hold on. It says 2019. What? Did it, did it just come to my P.O. box? I believe it. It's, yeah, probably. It says Madison Miller, March 19th, 2019. She drew this. Oh, so she drew cute. our little, like, the little two uh, ghosts in a spaceship. Yeah, that was, cute. like, our placeholder logo before we got our cool logo. This is super cute. And I it know, says at OG. super OG at Madison.Miller on Insta, spelled M-D-S-N dot Miller on Insta. And she wrote us a letter. Oh, my gosh. It says, oh, it's I cried during fuck. Oh, 
okay uh, obviously oh okay for people who don't know what that means like there's <laughs> an instagram handle that's called i cry during fuck and they make us a lot of fan art all the time and it's iconic and because obviously that name so yeah, that's why incredible th- that's why we're putting the two and two together right now oh that's amazing okay so that makes sense then that that logo yes. was by them yeah this is a, yeah this is an og listener that i inter- yeah we interact with all the time with her on twitter so she says dear nat and ally hello i just wanted to thank you both for the hard work you have put into let's get haunted you both deserve all the praise in the world i can't wait to see where this podcast goes in the next couple of years it has so much potential to go mainstream so keep up the amazing work don't give up when things go bad. I believe in both of you and know you are st- how strong you both are. Just remember, if you truly want to reach a goal, all you have to do is persevere and you will achieve it. Thank you both for existing and creating such a beautiful, fun, educational, and crazy podcast. It truly is everything I could have ever wanted from a podcast. Remember, you are loved and adored by hundreds and very possibly millions one day. Wishing you both the highest success in life. Godspeed at I Cry During Fuck on Twitter. Why is at I Cry During Fuck like a better influence than my mom on me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. letter I- was so sweet and encouraging. Thank you. Thank you, Madison. And then she says she included this fan art that she drew in 2019 for us. Mm. I'm going to put this on my wall. Thank you, Madison. That's, That's so awesome. sweet. Oh, my God. Oh, thank and you. then let's open this little one here. This is from Look Away Design in Canada. Ooh, we got some oh. international mail. This person says... Hi, Allie and Nat. I found your podcast recently, and as someone with a strong affinity for all things haunted, I really like it. I created a brand earlier this year called Look Away Design Company, which is very centered around paranormal horror imagery with the express interest of never dipping into the grotesque. Because I like your podcast, I wanted to send you a couple small pieces from my collection featuring our mascot, who I currently call Spookums the Nervous Ghost. Mm. There was a certain connection that developed with this character that prompted me to ask myself, Have you always been so afraid? Afraid to follow your dreams, put your ideas out into the world with the confidence that they deserve to be seen, be heard, and be felt. This might have been too much, but the idea behind Lookaway Design is that we would create premium design products rooted in honesty, introspection, and togetherness. So maybe you can find a connection to this design, this character. Either way, love the show, keep up the great work, and I hope you appreciate these little gifts. At ColinAlexander.D or at Lookaway Design Co. And this is, he gave us two pins. See, tell me if oh, you can see yeah, this. Oh, yeah, they're like little buttons, like pins for like that you can put on a jean jacket. So cute. And it's a ghost. It's a ghost. It's super cute. It's adorable. So he's a nervous I love ghost. It. I love that. That's yeah. really cute. Oh, and look, he gave us a sticker too. It was stuck to the bottom. Here we go. Sticker. <gasps> Yeah, I like it. It's a ghosty boy. Yay. Oh, so cute. That's very, very well, cute. I'm going to have to like send you a package, Natalia, now because we used to just see each other to record and then I would give you whatever, like half of whatever's in the fan mail. But now with the pandemic, I never right. see anybody. <laughs> I like, know. I just yeah. like see people I work with and that's it. So I'm going to have to mail you these. Well, thank and you. And then, yeah. And then let's see. We've got three left. Okay. This one is from Ruby V. And she wrote a letter. She says, greetings, Allie and Nat. I am a fairly new listener and I just finished season one of Let's Get Haunted. 
I was inspired by the listener stories, but had trouble finding your email. But <laughs> then I realized what's more haunted than snail mail. My story comes from the 805, which is where I live. By the way, I'm an 805 as well. Really? Um, yeah. And starts with the Thomas fire of 2017. I had just celebrated my 23rd birthday when the Thomas fire began to wreak havoc on the counties of Ventura and Santa Barbara. A week or so had passed and the fire had creeped its way to my town. There's about a good number of nurseries and a high school between the mountain range and my neighborhood. But the fire was so massive and bright, we saw it burning from our kitchen window and it looked so close. Mm. We were advised by the authorities to evacuate just in case the fine made its way down the ridge. My dad put me in charge of finding a hotel that would accommodate my family and our two chihuahuas. I don't remember how, but I ended up booking us a room at the Pierpont Inn in Ventura. Oh my God, the Pierpont Inn is so fucking haunted. Let's see if she talks about it. And if not, I will talk about it. When we arrived, it was pouring rain. They gave us a room with two queen beds overlooking the highway. We settled in with the basics in hand, but the majority of our home packed in the back of the family van. My brother and father left the hotel to go get snacks. I had stayed behind with my mom. I don't remember what exactly we were doing, but we both jumped when we heard a loud, desperate knock on the door. My brother usually knocks like that to be annoying, so I assumed they had returned from the store and wanted to be let in since we only had one room key and my dad had left it. It fling I flinged the door open and no one was there. Still thinking my brother was just being a little bitch, I checked outside. <laughs> there was no one, and it was dark out, so I quickly went back in. My dad and brother didn't come back for another 10 minutes. That same night, we were fast asleep when we were awakened by my dogs, who had suddenly started barking at the door. A few seconds later, the room phone rang. We thought it might be someone complaining about the barking. My dad answered the phone. Hello? Hello? He said. He hung up. Nobody was on the line. I found it weird, but I also was exhausted from the day, so I thought nothing more. The next night, we were again fast asleep when the phone rang. My dad answered, Hello? Hello? He angrily hung up. My mom asked who it was. My dad said, Nobody answered. The next day, we got the okay that it was safe to come back, so while my family finished packing, I killed some time by flipping through the hotel's information binder that they leave in every room. It wasn't until I got towards the end that I saw that they claimed to have ghosts on the property. <laughs> the whole time there suddenly made sense. I've been dying to return to the Pierpont Inn on my own terms. I have been trying since, but something always gets in the way. I'm determined, though, and when I do, I'm going to make sure to stay in the Vickers Estate Suites, which local investigators claim the main activity is located. The building is across the way from the room we stayed in, coincidentally. I feel like this story sounds more interesting in my head, but I thank you for listening. Maybe one day we can have a spooky sleepover at the Pierpont Inn. Love you guys. Thanks for the scares and the laughs. Yours truly, Ruby. My Instagram is at regular sized Ruby and my Twitter is at regular size Ruby. P.S. I have more spooky stories, but I'll save them for next time. Thanks, Ruby. Also, Thanks, Ruby. How traumatic is that? Like, you are like, well, my house might just get burned to the ground, and the only place to stay is this haunted hotel. Seems fine. <laughs> like, I'll just accept no. it. <laughs> I'm, I, that, so that's my first time, in case people don't know, that was my first time reading that letter, opening that fan mail, and the Pierpont Inn is notoriously haunted. Like, people genuinely jump to their deaths from the balconies of that hotel, like, frequently. Why? 
I don't know. People say that like, I don't know the backstory to be honest with you, but like when I was in high school, people would talk about it and it's just rumored that it's super haunted, like really bad vibes, weird stuff happens, there's ghosts. And then several people have like actually checked into the hotel, requested a um, room on one of the top floors and then jumped off. Oh my God. I know. Isn't that gnarly? Yeah. That's like makes me uneasy. Right. Right. I mean, it should. If it made you happy, that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now we've got... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Okay. Okay, so now we've got our second to last package. This one is from Toxic Lollipop. And let me see. This person says... Oh, they're opening with their social media. All social media at porcelain gamer hello i hope this package finds you well i absolutely adore the work you both do i also wanted to let you know that if you'd like and be all right with it i'd love to sell these pins on my etsy store which is toxic lollipop and then through donations or whatever you'd prefer i could send you half of the money made i don't want to sell them without you without you gaining and permission though love and ghost kitty let's see what these pins look like Oh, she sent us lollipops, too. Oh, cool. Oh, look. These are, like, very ravey. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we would have worn this. Yes. Okay, so it's, like, an acrylic pin that has those letter beads in it that says, let's get haunted with some glitter in it. And it's, like, that. It's like a clear heart shape. Yeah, it totally looks like some ravey stuff. Um, I love that. We definitely would have worn this. Yeah, this is super cute. I'm actually, well, I mean, we'll still wear it. I don't know why I'm saying we would have. We would have worn it, like, while doing bad things but now we can just wear it being wholesome yeah well she asked yeah. if she could sell them yes i think yeah so. the answer is yeah hold on let me speak with my correspondent for a moment Alyssa. Yeah. we have a business yeah. deal coming in if we play this the right way we could really we come can out two dollars okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah toxic lollipop yeah feel free yeah for sell thank you for the pins those are super cute Love them. Um, so you guys okay. heard it. You should be able to go f- buy those pins at Toxic Lollipop. Toxic Lollipop. Do it. Okay, this is our last package. So this says, Nat and Allie, I was possessed to write this after binging the podcast the past few weeks. <laughs> I've been listening in random order, but so far my favorites are Necromancy, Haunted Ohio University, and Happy Valley. Thanks for keeping me sane while working at home. You guys are awesome and haunted and hilarious. The latest episode I heard was the Kumin Tong, and it irked me that people feel the need to correct you guys and people everywhere in general. <laughs> so much so, to keep your spirits up, I provided Natalia with an omelet amulet and oh. Alyssa with a life <laughs> and Alyssa with a lifetime hunting pass for Bigfoot. Big feet question mark in Newfoundland. I love Labrador that. <laughs> Labrador is included, but I'm sure you dog mom won't mind. Thanks for making me laugh and keeping my mind off of depression for a little while. You guys rock. I'd like to be BFFs with Nat, and I'm honored to share a name with you, Alyssa. I'd love to be fired by you. <laughs> Alyssa Schneider <laughs> with an I. Is that more haunted? P.S. How is Nighttime Boy doing in his new home? He Nighttime, well, first to answer that question, Nighttime Boy is doing great. He was re-released into the wild. And let me just say, uh, backstory, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, 
like Alyssa said, there's no time to explain. Go to my Instagram <laughs> and look at the nighttime boy highlight. And that will tell you everything you need to know. But the answer to this question is he was released back into the wild against all odds. Everyone was like, no, he won't even be able to go in the wild. Like, it's a waste of time for you to even, like, try to do any of this. And all the haters were wrong. Slay. So basically, moral of the story, believe in your dreams. Rehab rehab what you think is roadkill because it's not. And... <laughs> And let it die naturally of natural causes in the woods later. And also, yes, exactly. And also, as as Natalia said, there's no time to explain. But this (laughs) what this girl is referring to in her letter is that Natalia accidentally pronounced the word amulet as amulet and then somebody made fun of her. That's just what that's just what I thought it was. Oh, that's so cute. So she gave she gave a necklace that has a little N on it and then it has a frying pan with an egg in it. That is super cute. Oh my god. That's so cute. And then oh, and then somebody made fun of me because I pronounced Newfoundland as Newfoundland. (laughs) But in my defense, that's how it's spelled. How am I supposed to know? Yeah, it's a newfoundland. I've never been there. Yeah, exactly. Uh and then it says for both of you with a nut. Oh, yeah, nut drawing. And I think... Okay, so she wrote us a check that I need to give you. It fell out. Wait, where is it? I just saw it. Whatever. She I'll find it. I'll check? mail it to you. She wrote Amazing. us a check. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. And then she drew us this. It is a picture of <laughs> Nick Cage and Liam Neeson. <laughs> Playing with a Ouija board. Yep, Nick Cage is saying, let's get haunted. And then Liam Neeson is saying, let's Liam Neeson the shit out of this. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I love it. Wow. I can't wait. I, wow. For that, for just, yeah, that made me excited. That's super exciting. Oh, and then she gave me a big, yeah, I said that already, right? She gave me a big yeah, foot and pass because someone a- made fun of me. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's like I I just saw it. It's like a like a bumper sticker type thing, but it's a a pass for hunting Sasquatch. Like if you were to get your hunting license, right? Right. Yeah. Like exactly. A pass. Amazing. So cute. Thank you, Love everybody. It. Like that. Wow. That is so worth everything. I feel that like. is. Thank you guys. We really appreciate it. It makes yeah. It makes like you said, Natalia. Something about the listener stories just makes you like want to tear up. Because you're I like, know. wait, there's real people out there. It's not just stream numbers that we're looking at. It's like there's someone on the other side. Yeah. And I also feel super famous. Like, is this what Taylor Swift feels <laughs> like? You know? I mean, hopefully she feels better than this, but <laughs> it still feels pretty good. <laughs> wow. I like, she's like notoriously famous for being really nice to her fans. Like, she'll like, send them christmas presents and stuff yeah like she she'll yeah so she'll do all this stuff um i know this because i saw a tiktok about it the other day and (laughs) i was thinking about it and i was like yeah as soon as we like make money on this podcast we will also do that yeah we will definitely send stuff back because it's tis the season first of all yes and second of all nothing feels better than Giving. giving back and that's why we make these episodes for you guys <laughs> for whether or not you wanted them it doesn't matter we tell ourselves that we're giving back also it's not, we're not like we get uh donations too so oh, we're yeah. not like that great <laughs> so big thank you this month to Ephraim p janine h shelby h lewis w hannah r janine h brielle s Thank you, guys. 
thank you guys and special thanks to Ephraim P, Shelby H, Nathan C, Kinsley M, Annalise L, and Hin Tyson. Thank you guys so much. Amazing. If you want to donate to us, you can Venmo me at Nat Strawn or cash app me at dollar sign Natalia Strawn or PayPal, paypal.me slash Nat Strawn. Or you can Venmo me at DogMomUSA, or you can go to our website, letsgethaunted.com, and in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage, there's a big button that says Donate, and that takes you to our Ko-fi account. Any of those ways are ways that you can support the show, or you can go to letsgethaunted.com and buy some merch, because by the time yes. this episode goes up, we should have our second round of merch launched, which is very exciting. Honestly, and I'm wearing yeah. it right now. Yes, Look, I'm actually so wearing it. I know I've been waiting to wear mine until I like have the right like moment you know like yeah but I haven't found that moment yet (laughs) yeah well it's kind of hard in a pandemic to slay but I feel like I feel like you're slaying I don't know I'm slaying right now yeah I yeah I look like garbage I like fell asleep on a car ride today that was very very long and then woke up and now we're recording and so I'm very excited to be here today sleeping in the car is slaying yes it is slaying I agree thank you and I just noticed that you have like twinkly fairy lights behind you and I just wanted to say it's really cute oh it's like you're in a magical wonderland so short story because I know our intro is only supposed to be 20 minutes long but we don't shut the fuck up so (laughs) we have a house guest staying with us and this is the same house guest that was staying with us like a while ago um wait no this is a different house guest that was staying with us a while ago where I was like they like took up the carpet and like put new carpet same person a different person and they took oh. it upon themselves to look install curtains can you oh, see shit. that can you see the curtains oh yeah yeah kind of yeah sorry yeah. it's dark but curtains and they put these fairy lights up and they like rearranged in here and got Super me a trash cute. can and i just have to say like how shitty of hosts are we when like people literally go to target get a power drill <laughs> and fucking put up curtains like they drill into your wall because you just don't provide them with the basic necessities for comfort hey (laughs) you're providing them with a room and a bed i think that they were just given back they also bought themselves a tv oh really yeah so there's wait for you to keep it's just here so i'm assuming they're gonna come back at some point but i think so they're staying with us for like a week and like you say you by staying with us obviously you're saving a lot of money not staying in a hotel so i think they're thinking like oh like this is my way of like giving back i don't know or maybe they were just like fuck this place i need to get these fairy (laughs) lights and a tv i can't like live like this Uh, yeah i can't handle i can't sleep unless i have a twinkling delightful (laughs) display above my head but yeah i just thought that was funny well it looks great i mean it looks much better than when i thought you'd been kidnapped and you were in like a dark dungeon (laughs) with no carpet this looks great thank you thank you so much yeah it's we've really come a long way well like you said natalia our intro is only supposed to be 20 minutes so do you want to jump into today's episode with me yes let's do it i'm ready to jump right in the rabbit hole that's why my chair is a rabbit Oh my god. Wait, you guys, real quick. Natalia talked about it this last episode, but she just got a new chair for recording and it literally has rabbit ears on it. Right. And it's so fitting that you just said jump down the rabbit hole because I have returned to you today 
with another fucking internet rabbit hole mystery. Oh, I'm so freaking excited. Let's okay, go. I'm excited to tell you. Okay, Natalia. So like I said, this is one of, this is actually the story I'm going to tell you. To, let me build this up. The story, <laughs> the story I'm going to tell you today is okay. actually one of the very first internet mysteries of reddit.com. Is it, who is that dramatic chipmunk? Yeah, well, okay, so that was the first one. <laughs> this is one of the very first ones. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, have you ever heard of the Lake City Quiet Pills? A quiet pill? Like, you take the a Lake pill City to be quiet? quiet pills. I'm no. not telling you what it is. I'm just asking, have you ever heard of it? No, I'm thinking way too much into this. What the fuck is a lake city? Is this, like, a city made of lakes? Like, I'm These just getting all- mad. <laughs> I'm thinking of buildings, like, made of water. And it's, like... Well, Natalia, that's what makes you unique. And that's why we love having you um, as a host of this podcast. Okay, so keep all those things in mind. Like, as you're as you're mulling over, like, what could this possibly mean? What is a lake city? What's a quiet pill? These are all very valid questions that will be revealed in due time. Okay. Okay. So today's story starts... A hell of a long time ago. But the point that I, the, the part that I want to start with for this episode is February 12th, 2012, when mm. Reddit posted the following message to the community r slash blog, the official blog for Reddit Incorporated. Okay. Title. Title of the post is a necessary change in policy. The post reads. At Reddit, we care deeply about not imposing ours or anyone else's opinions on how people use the Reddit platform. We are adamant about not limiting the ability to use the Reddit platform, even when we do not ourselves agree with or condone a specific use. We have very few rules here on Reddit. No spamming, no cheating, no personal info, nothing illegal, and no interfering the site's functions. Today, we are adding another rule. No suggestive or sexual content featuring minors. In the past, we have always dealt with content that might be child pornography along strict legal lines. We follow legal guidelines and reporting procedures outlined by NCMEC. We have taken all reports of illegal content seriously. And when warranted, we made, di- we made reports directly to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, who works directly with the FBI. When a situation is reported to us where a child might be abused or in danger, we make that report. Beyond these clear-cut cases, there is a huge area of legally gray content, and our previous policy to deal with it on a case-by-case basis has become unsustainable. We have changed our policy because interpreting the vague and debated legal guidelines on a case-by-case basis has become a massive distraction and risks Reddit being pulled into a legal quagmire. As of today, we have banned all subreddits that focus on sexualization of children. Our goal is to be fair and consistent, so if you find a subreddit we may have missed, please message the admins. If you find specific content that meets this definition, please message the moderators of the subreddit and the admins. We understand that this might make some of you worried about the slippery slope from banning one specific type of content to banning another type of content. We're concerned about that too. And we do not make this policy change lightly or without careful deliberation. We will tirelessly defend the right to freely share information on Reddit in any way we can, even if it is offensive or discusses something that may be illegal. 
However, child pornography is toxic and unique case for internet communities, and we're protecting Reddit's ability to operate by removing this threat. We remain committed to protecting Reddit as an open platform. So, what the fuck? Okay, like, obviously child pornography is bad and you should ban it and you don't even need to, like, be like, <laughs> oh, don't worry about the consequences of this. Like, what? Right. When was this? 2011? Yeah. 2012. So that's what I was going to say is, like, I don't know if you remember what Reddit was like in 2012 or the internet in general, like, pre, I would say, like, maybe pre to pre-Instagram popularity i feel like it was like the wild fucking west like anything you wanted to post yeah it was like youtube was monetizing every video they didn't care if it was offensive or not because like that wasn't the point it was just like oh somebody uploaded a video we'll put an ad on it like websites like the chive.com were like cool to go to and kill some time or like buzzfeed buzzfeed was like i feel like then right that's like how yeah you that was videos. like 2012 yeah yeah so exactly so it was kind it was of a like time it was the different it was less time. social media less social media yes. and more like blogs and message boards exactly like blogs were really big um yeah facebook was still kicking like it's which obviously it's a dead medium now but like at the time it was still going pretty strong um yeah so it was just like a totally different time And so to us, like anyone listening, you might have that exact same reaction that Natalia just had, which is like, yeah, obviously, like child porn is bad. Suggestive photos of minors is bad. But at the time, it it like wasn't thought of as Reddit's problem. They were just like, look, we're a random platform. You post whatever you want to it. And it's like not our fault. We're not responsible to like police what our users are doing. Right. Right. But this was like the first wave almost or like maybe the precursor to cancel culture because the reason why they did this is because um a couple different traditional news medias picked this up and they were like ban reddit reddit is evil like look what they're hosting and so then reddit kind of had to respond and do something in order to not get canceled Mm, oh cancel culture right this is like the very beginning of cancel culture are did you really do an episode on cancel culture the haunted oh, no. beginnings of <laughs> no 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 that's just like a happy accident that that's involved in this story okay. okay so due to this new policy change by reddit the following subreddits were immediately taken down okay don't laugh because some of these names are like really fucking gross okay r slash teen girls r slash protein models r slash preteen girls r slash jailbait archives r slash jailbait videos r slash true jailbait r slash jailbait r slash chesty bait r slash busty bait r slash cute girls r slash asian jailbait r slash just teens r slash jailbait junkies r slash jailbait no spam r slash jailbait gw r slash nude beach r slash pure nudism r slash teens r slash the new jailbait that is so like i don't have words yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm just like not okay with that right yeah well I think this kind of just highlights how fucking gross. I mean, the internet's still, obviously, you can find anything on the internet. But, like, how, like, acceptably gross the internet kind of used to be. Right. I don't know. And yeah. even, like, going, you can still read this post. It's up, uh, it's 
it's obviously like a locked post because it's so old but you can go through and read the comments and there are so many dudes on there being like this is bullshit like this is like a lot of the girls aren't even naked in the subreddits it's like yeah but it doesn't matter if it's a suggestive underage girl you should not be like posting that photo shouldn't shouldn't you like be like embarrassed about this like when that happens you're just like yeah like take them all down hmm yes this is what i agree (laughs) with also and then in private you're just crying you know exactly like like, Like, yeah tuck in your perviness exactly but this is like but that's kind of the point is like i don't i think now maybe people are a lot better about like at least hiding what they do but like back in the day people (laughs) like really didn't think it was a problem right so i'm just gonna come back from work and go to my asian jailbait website (laughs) and upvote some stuff get some karma and then go on with my day what's the big exactly right exactly exactly we're laughing because it's fucking ridiculous like that's gross yeah okay so um that's only just like a small fraction of all of the subreddits that got banned But two of these subreddits that I just read off to you, which were removed due to concerns of possible underage pornography, are r slash jailbait and r slash true jailbait. And r slash jailbait was like one of the largest um, of these subreddits. So why am I telling you all of this gross stuff? Well, that's because... Yeah, that's my (laughs) question. Right. Okay. So that's because... Today's Reddit mystery. <laughs> Sorry, so... I, what if I was just like, oh, I just wanted to say that. Now we're going to talk about like the curse of Oak Island or something. Like... Sorry, I'm just laughing because I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah, right. Okay, okay so continue. So today's Reddit mystery revolves around one of the moderators of these now defunct subreddits. The moderator went by the name you slash religion of peace. And before I can dive into today's mystery, I first need to let you know what kind of a person this user was. Okay. So religion of peace created his Reddit account on December 12th, 2007 and was an extremely active user, often posting comments and threads on subreddits like r slash reddit.com r slash geek r slash world news r slash marijuana r slash science r slash programming and of course he was a moderator of r slash jailbait and r slash true jailbait just to name a few so many of religion of peace's posts in his post history revolve around politics and the military for example on june 6 2009 a user posted the following question on r slash reddit.com To the world from Reddit, on this 65th anniversary of D-Day, we salute the men who gave their lives to liberate Europe from Nazi tyranny, as well as all men and women who fight for freedom. Religion of Peace responded to this post only two hours later, writing, It sucked. I was an apprentice seaman on a troop ship. I'd come aboard the January before in New York. We made a miserable trip across. The weather was bad, at least I thought it was. I was seasick most of the way over, but I got used to it by the time the ship started serious work getting ready. I didn't do much but paint, clean, move cargo, fetch ammunition for a 40 millimeter, and try not to get in trouble. I don't know what all was going on, except we went back and forth from Portland to Gurak about a dozen times or so. The day before we sailed out, weather really sucked. I knew the difference now. 
The heads were foul, the whole ship smelled like a bucket of vomit, and those poor GIs were puking in their hats and pouring vomit any place they could dump it. I don't know how they managed to climb down into the landing craft the next day. First time I'd ever been around shooting. I was scared shitless. We didn't get hit except by a single strafing, and none of the artillery or bombs landed near enough to hurt anything. We shot a lot, but I never saw if we hit anything. We got our troops off and later took away gangs of survivors from a DD that was sunk. It was a gruesome day. A lot of those guys were wounded or dead, and some died before we got back to Portland. We shifted a lot of people off then and were back in Falmouth by afternoon the next day and offloaded the rest of the wounded and everyone else. So much carnage in such a short time. It was huge. We took more trips to the south of France after that. I served on the ship until early October when I got caught out for being underage. I don't know that what I did was a lot. I was there and passed shells and carried stretchers below. Those guys that went ashore did a hell of a lot more than I did. A user then responded to Religion of Peace, asking him if he would consider sitting down with some of his old war buddies to record a video about what it felt like being in World War II. Religion of Peace responded, saying, I'll consider that. It might be MP3s. I've talked more about the old days on Reddit than I've spoken of them in 20 years. Scares the neighbor's wife. She's worried her kids will get wacky. A different user responded to Religion of Peace's original comment, asking, How old are you? Religion of Peace responded, saying, 79 last January. Hoping I won't hit 80. Being old hurts. A different user responded to Religion of Peace, saying, I'm a 15-year-old. I'd buy you a beer, but I can't. Religion of Peace responded, saying, Thanks, I'd need to pass on that for a soft drink. I left part of my liver in Angola and can't drink alcohol anymore. Another user pointed out that if Religion of Peace was currently 79, that'd mean he was about 14 during D-Day. The user asks, How'd you manage that? Religion of Peace responded, I was 5 feet 9 inches tall at the end of 6th grade. I worked hard and slept well. By the time I was 13, I was just shy of 6 feet. I worked a farm and worked in the feed and grain carrying sacks of grain. I wasn't big enough and looked the part except for not needing to shave. The next day I decided to run away. I put together some of my odds and ends in a satchel and then proceeded to shave to get the fuzz off. I got cut up some, but I'd seen men who had done worse. I hitched a ride to Philadelphia and enlisted. It didn't take a lot to pass the warm body physical, and hell, no one batted an eye if you said you didn't have a birth certificate or a driver's license. I was on a bus to Bainbridge, Maryland the next day. Another user asked, Can you back up a claim my grandfather made that on his French Navy ship some American GIs were taking hard drugs to keep themselves calm? Religion of Peace responded, None that I ever heard about. I didn't enter the troop areas. I was working or trying to sleep the whole time. The merchant ships might have let that happen. I can't say. My ship was full of sailors and coast guardsmen. The regular cigarettes were enough to give me a buzz. Another user commented, Well, I'm 31, and I remember the Cold War pretty well. But that was cold, and the Nazis would almost certainly have had designs in the United States if they'd succeeded in accomplishing their goals in Europe. But they didn't, and I got to grow up never really knowing the kind of obvious existential threat to the United States the Nazis represented. You may not feel like it was significant, but nobody could even conceivably fight such a thing alone. 
I think most of the people in my generation would be too afraid or too self-interested to serve if the call came. Bless you for what you have done. It means something to me. Religion of Peace responded, It was a lot different then. The rationing and scrap drives, all the war bond sales and newsreels at the theater. By the way, there was a lot of heat during the Cold War. I'm sorry to say that you are probably right about generation whatever. I know that a lot of idiots rushed to get the current Iraq war going. I don't know what they were told or what they knew. I do know that diplomacy means giving the other side a chance to step back and save face while doing so. That horse's ass, Bush, just pushed and pushed and let Hussein have no room to gracefully step and retain his pride. I think it could have been avoided. Afghanistan is another story. That was cut and dried. Another user commented, This is why I love Reddit. Religion of Peace responded, Yeah, me too. I don't talk to younger adults very much. Everyone has so much going on that time is precious, and I sure as hell can't talk to younger kids, not without looking like a pervert or something. Another user responded to this comment, but the comment and the user are now deleted, so I can't see what they said. But Religion of Peace responded to this deleted comment, saying, I talk as I find something to say that might be of value to help younger people avoid mistakes I've made or seen. As for quote-unquote society, I don't care about it. Never have, never will. I do what I think is right and stand for what I believe is the right thing to do. The generation whatevers are too busy with video games this or that or trying to keep up with celebrity gossip. I don't have much common ground to share with them. I chat with people here and have my say. I listen too, though I'm a little short when I hear someone rambling on dead-end line I heard 40 years ago. It's a 10-15 to 15 year cycle of bullshit. Everyone who spouts it thinks they're the first blessed ones to think it up. Hell, we used to give away marijuana to anyone that wanted it. The stuff grew all over the place. We'd cut it down and leave it bundled beside the road. A couple times, some musicians passing by were happy as magpies we'd let them have it. I smoked it a couple times before I ran away. Smoked it overseas, too. People all over the world smoke it. There's your history lesson. People all over the world smoke marijuana. Not many people ever get to fight, get to fighting when they do. Makes for some peaceful afternoons and quiet nights. Another user asked, How do you feel about your lazy kids leaving your grandkids to clean up the mess? Religion of Peace answered, I never had any kids. After the military found out I was underage, I was put ashore and assigned duties away from any action until they figured out exactly how to discharge me and send me home. There was a lot going on and my records were misplaced a couple times. I didn't get discharged until after VE day. I was real chummy with the guys handing the records and he signed off on me being separated in place. I found work a week with a relief agency sending help for camps and never looked back. So VE day, I just want to like break away from this like long post to just say that VE day refers to victory in Europe day or the end of World War II in Europe, which is May 8th, 1945. So keep that in mind. Okay. So another, another user responded to Religion of Peace, but the comment is now deleted, and so is his username, so we can't see what was written, but Religion of Peace's response to this comment is still there. He responded saying, Poor ignorant sod, your rants are dated and old. The same thing spouted by your parents, and most likely their parents too. I heard it then, and I still hear the same fringe people saying it now. Funny though, how your parents stopped chanting that bullshit. I apologize for nothing. What I have done, I thought was right. So thanks for all the high moral gas. 
Now piss off back under your rock and let the rest of the world walk past you as they've done since Eisenhower, a fine man, by the way, came up the term. Another user responded to Religions and Peace's comment saying, Upvote for being old. Another user responded, but the comment and username are now deleted so we can't see what was said, but we can surmise that it had something to do with girls because Religion of Peace responded saying, I saw your next comment in my inbox. I don't see it below my last comment. Listen, just because I am old doesn't mean I can't appreciate a cute girl. I'm just enjoying the scenery, not picking the daisies. Being old gives one a different perspective on beauty. For example, from current TV, Jamie Lee Curtis doing the Activia commercials. Sally Field on the Beniva commercials? Do you think they're hot right now? Look at their pictures 20 or 30 years ago. Do you think they were hot then? Here's the kicker. I'm old, so I think both sets are hot. When you're 79, almost every girl is a young girl. Being old does not mean I'm dead. I still enjoy a cute face and a tight body. I also have the hots Ew. for your mom. Yeah. Gross. Why is uh, yep. he? Okay, enough. Why is he talking so much about this? Oh, yeah, it's fucking gross. But it gets it gets weirder. I have to talk you through all of this so that way when like the shit hits the fan, you're going to be like, oh, okay. So a user responded saying, Pixar, it didn't happen, dot, 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 nah, never mind. Religion of Peace responded saying, LOL, I'm a mod on r slash jailbait. Keep them clothed. As I said, a pretty girl is a pretty girl, whether you're 12 or 100. No! As long as, as, long as you have balls in your breathing, it's hard not to notice. Gross. So I there's, hate this guy now. Yes. Okay. So there's hundreds of more comments to sift through on various posts on Reddit, but let's pause right here. What do you think so far about this guy, Natalia? How would you describe him? Fucking psycho. My first thought was that he was fake. Like, there's no way there's a dude who served in World War II on Reddit because that would make them like 80 something years old at that time. That was my first thought. But then people kept asking him questions and there and he was like, oh, well, I was underage and stuff. And then I, I still feel skeptical because I'm like, he what 79 year old do you know that has a Reddit that right. is like responding that savvy? Right. Or, and yeah. is that so good with computers that they can be a mod on Reddit? Like no fucking way. But then I'm also like, am I being a skeptic? Should I just believe in this? Like, the guy? <laughs> no, th yes, these are good questions. Yes, there's an 89-year-old, 79-year-old, whatever he is, World War II veteran who also happens to be a moderator of a <laughs> page <laughs> called Jailbait and says that he appreciates a cute face and a tight body. Ugh, it just makes me throw up. I think right. I hate this guy. Okay, I hope he's so dead now. Okay, so you think that maybe he's lying about his military service and his age, but also you're saying, it's however, a neck beard. it's a like it's like a gross neck beard who like wants to do gross neck beard stuff, but like thought, oh, if I present myself as like this really respectable person who was like a World War II vet, and then maybe all people will leave me alone and just let me be gross. Okay, okay, you know? hey, that's a good theory. That's a good theory. Okay, so let me just read a couple other comments that Religion of Peace has left on Reddit. So on the subreddit r slash ask Reddit, a user asked, what is the best way to dispose of a body? Religion of Peace responded saying, it depends on the cause of death and how far along the decomposition has gone. 
with a messy body. So many red flags. Yeah. <laughs> so many fucking red flags with this religion of peace guy. <laughs> with a messy body, you need to get it contained quickly because it's going to stink pretty quick. What sort of transportation are you relying on to move things? What is the time factor involved? Will they be missed quickly? Moving the body to a secure remote area and letting it go for a couple of months and then disposing of the bones is best, but it must be really remote. If that's not an option, is there a chance to bury the body with a couple hundred pounds of quicklime for a couple months? You'll still need to lose the quicklime after that, but the body will be dry and easier to handle. Chipping is an option after that. Take out the teeth manually, as well as any bones they have healed, that have healed breaks or other identifiers such as screws and plates, replaced joints, etc. As has been mentioned, there are many considerations here. First and foremost is to avoid leaving behind anything that can provide DNA evidence, blood, hair, tissue. There must be absolutely nothing to find. Splatters on a wall? Clean it with TSP. Then, once it's dry, two coats of kills or guards, and then a coat of latex primer and a couple top coats. If anything hits wood, replace it. If it's on a hardwood floor, you're kind of hosed. Shit gets into the cracks and is all but impossible to remove. If it gets to the subfloor, you'll never get it out, short of a replacement. If it hits a plastered wall, you're going to need to take it out. If anything gets How into the plaster, it has to go. How much experience does he have with fucking cleaning up dead bodies? Right. So that's the whole comment. That's like very detailed, right? Yeah. And he's, it sounds like he's literally had every type of blood splatter there could be. Right. To clean it up. Right. He's had experience with this. This guy okay. is a serial killer. So the comment keeps going. He keeps talking about this. So he now says, use a power washer on any carpet you need to replace before it goes in the trash. Cut it out in short rolls and dump it in widely separated areas. If you splash unsealed grout, clean well with TSP. Rinse well, clean again. When it's dry, dampen and then cut it out and re-grout. Porcelain tiles are usually okay, but ceramic might need to be replaced. The artisan tiles usually are not sealed on the edges, so be careful. On concrete, scrub well with cleanser. Once it's dried and has been rinsed a couple times and dried again, clean with muriatic acid. Careful. Then use some sort of decorative concrete stain to color the concrete. If it's on unpainted concrete block, then the your kind of hosed thing applies again. You'll need to replace the block and the mortar. Again, the muriatic scrib and then stain is a good idea. Make absolutely sure that you buy no two things from the same store at the same time. Use no credit cards. Don't use a mom and pop place. Avoid the self-serve lines at the big box stores. They have cameras. Go when it's busy. After use, dispose of all items purchased and any working clothes you wore. Don't let being cheap get you in a sling later. There's more, but it's not of use without a lot more details. So do you what? do you believe this guy has killed someone? Because I fucking believe it. This is I don't I like don't know what to believe because you would think if he'd kill someone, he wouldn't be posting this on Reddit, right? Like that's if he true. was that particular about all of that, but then also it seems like he's killed several people. Right. Right. He's it's like details that like also I don't think would just like be readily available on a website. So 
And he's I mean, talking about this as if if he's like Bob Ross teaching you how to paint, you know? Right. He's yeah. like, you're going to want to use this kind of whatever and don't get discouraged. Do this. Yeah, you're yeah. You're going to have to yeah. pick up, you know? Yeah, like, don't don't get discouraged. Uh, don't go to the mom and pop shop. Don't be cheap because that'll get you fucked later. Right. Like the other pro- comments are probably like, uh, uh, chop it up into pieces and burn it you know yeah yeah or like oh, i think you should use an ice pick as a weapon because then it melts <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's reddit yeah. what a fucking creepy guy i just like hate this guy also because you prefaced it with he's like the mod of jailbait and he, then he also just happened to say like i don't care if someone's 12 or not they like i can appreciate beauty I think, I think giving him the benefit of the doubt, I think he was saying it doesn't matter if you're like, if you as a dude are 12 or 40, like oh. you still find women attractive, I think is what he was saying, but. Oh. Okay. Well then that's okay. better. Maybe I'm being too harsh on it, <laughs> but still, but still, still he, he was the moderator of this r slash jailbait subreddit. Okay. Yeah. So in another post on r slash ask reddit, a user said. I signed up to be a big brother for Big Brother, Big Brother's Big Sisters of America and have been mentoring a 10-year-old. My family disapproves and I get the sense I'm being slightly resented. Does anyone have a similar experience? Religion of Peace responded, basically saying that he commends the Redditor for donating his time to a child in need because every child deserves two parents. And then another user responded to Religion of Peace, essentially asking him if he was being homophobic by saying that every kid deserves two parents. <laughs> and, of course. Yeah, of course, it's the internet. And Religion of Peace responded saying, Miss, I've been all over the world and seen way more ways of families than you can imagine. As for who prefers whom in bed, it's irrelevant to me. If someone is okay, they are okay. If they're a bad actor, I say cancel the show. My intolerance is for people who hurt others simply because they can or because they don't care. I could care less who someone beds, as long as it isn't a kid. That's a ticket punching in my book. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That's, I mean, the bar is set pretty low. This guy has admitted to murdering (laughs) people and is the moderator of a questionable subreddit. But yeah, okay. Like, I'm like, oh, he doesn't rape children. He's a good guy. Okay. Right. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. It's ridiculous. Okay. So then another user posted to r slash ask Reddit asking, if you died now, would you consider your life to be well lived? Religion of Peace responded saying, yes, I would. I'm 79 and ready to go at any time. I lived a very eventful life, full of excitement in the Chinese meaning of the word. I have seen a great portion of the world, visited many countries in times of trouble, and always done what I deemed best, whether I was paid or not. I fought to help people be free, stay free, stay alive, to help countries retain the government they wanted, and to get rid of ones that they didn't. I regret a few things I've done most notably shooting up a truck that was carrying contraband. The situation didn't require it, but I was hung over and it was pissing down rain. I have played some vicious jokes on several people, and I shouldn't have, as they really weren't deserving of it. I've worked hard to avoid hurting anyone's feelings, and never treated anyone any worse than I was willing to be treated in a similar situation. I managed to never shoot anyone I wasn't allowed to. I never shot up any civilians, even when it would have been easier to take them out too. 
I used to wonder what it would be like to come back to the States and live in a pretty suburb someplace and commute to a job and do something. But there was always one more fight that needed fighting. Some other thing I considered an injustice. From 1944 until 1987, I probably had no more than two years total outside of some fucking war or another, or some security operation. I never made much money, seldom had more than enough to spend a week or two recovering from one thing or another. Medical bills are a bitch when you're paying your own way. Never run away to join the Navy or the circus. Trust me, kids, that's not the way to go. Another user asked on r slash askreddit, If you could go back in time, what would you give your 24-year-old self? Religion of Peace responded, saying, Don't go to Tunisia. A user responded asking, What happened in Tunisia? Religion of Peace responded, The Independence Movement. I got been taken back for medical in late 53 and ended up there after I'd been going on for a couple of years and was there that they were granted independence. I guess they deserved it. Can't say I'm not French. But the fucked up thing is it left in the wrong place at the wrong time. I ended up in Algeria for the fun there. I decided to take quote unquote French leave after a year. Fucking French were nuts after getting their guts stomped out. Lost the whole fucking place. I ended up heading to Sudan, Sudan, Rwanda, Botswana, just about every little shithole war until 61. It was a mistake. There weren't any right sides. They're all batshit insane. Okay, so while some of the comments... Why is this guy, like, just get a life. Like, go <laughs> talk to other old people. Like, he just really reeks of that, like, you know, you, like, sit down on a bench next to an old person and they, like, won't shut the fuck up. Right. Right. Okay. So, like, you pointed out earlier, Natalia, and, like, you're pointing out right now, like, Religion of Peace makes... He's talking a lot, right? And he makes some comments that seem kind of far-fetched, but actually, the timeline here, amongst all of these different posts on all these different subreddits from different years, they actually all add up to the same timeline. Like, mm -hmm. for example, the first thing I read to you is he said he was in D-Day when he was 14 years old. So, right. or around 14 years old. He said he joined the military when he was 14 and then was in D-Day. So D-Day took place on June 6, 1944. Um, and then later he said he was discharged sometime after VE Day, which would be on May 8, 1945, meaning that he would have most likely been around 15 when he was discharged. And this means that he would have been around 24 years old in 1954, like he's claiming that he was mm -hmm. in Tunisia for. So assuming he re-enlisted in military service, it's possible he would have been around 24 years old during the time that Tunisia was fighting for independence from France, because that took place around 1952 up until 1956. So... Mm -hmm. Anyway, so my point is, like, it's kind of checking out. Like, at the very least, if this guy's faking it, he's, like, already pre-planned out an entire timeline to post about. Yeah. So, anyway, after he left this comment about how he was in Tunisia in the 50s, a user responded saying, What is it like to be an 80-year-old Redditor? Religion of Peace responded saying, Of course well, he did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, <laughs> well, 79 as of January, actually. It hurts a lot arthritis all over bad ankles bad knees got a bum hip i'd check out if i didn't have this i'm responsible for a user responded saying what are you responsible for religion of peace responded saying nothing that i would discuss in an open forum another what? user posted yeah 
another user posted to the subreddit. I find r- that fucking hard to believe, Mr. <laughs> Chatty. <laughs> right, right. So another user posted to the subreddit r slash what the fuck saying, can someone bust this myth? Posting a link to a message board chat, which reads, Evilada, best suicide plan ever. MCM 310, what is it? Evilada, you go up to the top of a roof, string piano wire tied across the front edge at neck level, tie a cord to your foot and the other end to the building so that you'll be above sidewalk level when it's fully stretched. Then you put super glue on your hands and you put your arms around the front of the wire and then back to touch your head. Then you lean forward so the piano wire cuts your neck but not your elbows. When the cord goes taut, you'll be hanging upside down with no head, except your head will be in your outstretched arms thanks to gravity and the glue staring at someone upside down and spewing blood everywhere. And some poor bastard will be traumatized for life. Religion of Peace responded to this saying... (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. So Religion of Peace responded to this saying, The concept is sound. Though I can tell you from experience, piano wire is hard to pull through someone's neck. Usually the best a strong person can do is embed the wire deeply into the neck. I've never actually used a, quote, piano wire, though I have used doubled up guitar strings on a couple occasions. They are kind of hard to come by, casually. 0.030 to 0.050 stainless steel works the best in my honest opinion. Don't use brass or bronze. Avoid using wound guitar strings, too. They make too much noise. So, for the guy on the roof, leaving the head in the hands will work fine, but the idea of the wire cutting all the way through won't work. Not enough force. The wire would just snap. He need to get some 8 or 10 GA steel wire, wrap a turn or, or two around his neck, and twist it tight. Then tie the other end of about 50 feet or so to something secure, and jump off a roof. You need a lot of force to cut through a neck with a wire. Oh, and don't forget to tie off your feet, too, or you'll just neck plant onto the sidewalk. Someone responded to this saying, What? (laughs) 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 W-A-T. We were all thinking it. Yeah, right. Religion of Peace responded saying, Truth. At least eight people. Might be a few I've forgotten. A garret is a special tool that doesn't get much use, especially nowadays with so many fancy tools available edit 11 it's 11 people a user responded saying so we say he's killed 11 people with wire yeah so a user responded saying i remember you saying something about fighting a d-day and so i completely believe you cowers behind bed religion of peace responded saying i was there but i was passing 40 millimeter cannon shells on a troop ship I didn't really get into any sort of us and them shooting at each other combat until I went to Jerusalem in 1947. It was an exciting time to be alive, fighting the good fight, lol. I know it sounds corny, but that's how I felt, taking up with the underdogs and doing things that needed to be done. You'll never get rich selling your gun. Study hard. Another user responded saying, I saw in a different comment that you said you've been smoking tea since 1942. Religion of Peace responded saying (laughs) Religion of Peace responded saying Yep, that's me 42 is a long time ago now that I think about it So many good memories Old friends, lovers, enemies I remember this big fucking German I couldn't stand him He farted more than a sick cow Fucking horrible gas It'd make (laughs) you want to puke 
He was a corporal then, and I was just another gutter sweep helping to hold the line. What a prick he was, always lording his grand estate over the rest of us. He died right next to me in a trench one morning in 1953. I caught one that knocked me over into him, and he fell on top of me. I was so damned mad, I yelled at him to get his fat carcass off of me. He had this really stupid look on his face. Then I saw his eyes were glazed over and dry. I remember lying there thinking, Fuck me. Gunter bought it. I woke up in a hospital in Hanoi a couple days later and was shipped out that day for more treatment and recuperation. Such a stupid look. It's funny how the everyday things right in front of you never see. He had one brown eye and one black eye. I'd been in his squad for close to two years and never noticed. Fucking Gunter. Okay, so on r slash programming, Religion of Peace was also super active, which is a subreddit for computer programming. So he's been active on, as you pointed out, r slash jailbait, like underage porn subreddits. Mm -hmm. He's been active on anything involving war and anything involving murder. So doesn't sound like a very stand-up guy at this point. Um, Right. Yeah. And, the, like, would you want to meet him in real life? Would you, like, want to sit down and have a cup I of tea with him? I want to kick his ass. Like, yeah. He's yeah. Make, first of all, he's talking way too much. He's, like, really making me mad. Like, what? Just what, he's like it, a typical, what is it? It's like a typical old dude, though, right? Like you said, you sit down on a park bench and someone just starts talking your ear off about something that, like... And you're you, being polite. So you're like, yeah. oh, you served in the war? Like, wow, that's cool. When really you're just like, I don't care. Right. Or like, I am an introvert and want to get out of here. Like, why are you talking to me? I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) on r slash programming, Religion of Peace would frequently post about computer programming. And in one comment, he responded to a post saying, I'm old. I lived and fought in about every damned place there's been from 43 to 87. Oh my God. We know Jesus. It's like he want he like has had one experience where people like thought it was cool that he was old and now he just like won't let that go. Right. Or like maybe he understands that he like is getting old and statistically speaking he's going to die pretty soon, so he's just like got to share everything. So oh, he I'm says so over him. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have much access to radio or tele or later television, but I did read quite a bit mainly history and social science texts, the caste system in India, the Hindu religion, does not lend itself to innovation and does not support experimentation. It is very tightly bound to repeating traditions and infinitum. I work with Chinese, Indian, French, sock block programmers in the U.S. on visa, as well as others who immigrated from their countries as children and grew up and received their education in the U.S. or Canada or U.K., There is a difference in programming methodology as well as their troubleshooting ability. The programmers trained in India don't make the same types intuitive leaps that programmers trained in other areas make. Those leaps are what makes the difference in software technology. The Chinese and most Savblok programmers are indistinguishable from their US, UK, Canadian counterparts. I like the programmers as much as I like any other person, no matter where they're from. They're all nice introverted people. Again, I'm not a people person by anyone's definition, but for hiring, a candidate on visa from India for an architecture position would need to demonstrate amazing skills during the screening exam. When innovation is the requirement, the ingrained culture is a negative. Reliable, hardworking? Yes. Genius? 
maybe not so much okay what did he just say like, he's so, really making me mad right now like right what's the cliff notes on that like, okay so he was basically saying like chinese and indian software developers like they're fine he's saying that chinese and soviet uh or like anyone from like yeah like anyone from like that part of the country is good at programming because their culture doesn't have um like like isn't restrictive or isn't like repetitive it allows for like ingenuity i guess right but he's saying because they're hindu that they're less skilled I, because their right. religion is right like and the caste system is restrictive right okay. so, so i Another guess the reason i don't like this guy right okay exactly is so, he like a spy hmm interesting you'd say that okay so uh i'm gonna pretend <laughs> you didn't ask that and i'm gonna keep going so <laughs> okay oh okay so all of this is weird and creepy and far-fetched, right? But could technically be true because all of the war timelines add up with his possible age. Um, however, I do need to point out there is one comment which kind of makes it seem like maybe this guy is full of shit. He responded to a post in 2008 which asked, how old are you? And he said, I'll be 70 in July. And a year later, all of those other posts that I was reading to you where he says, like, oh, I was 79 in January. Like, so that doesn't make sense. You can't be 71 year and 79 the next. So maybe he was trying to say, I'm in my 70s, but just right. forgot to put the S. But I have to point it out Time because it's like, right. Perhaps. It's like, well, or maybe he's full of shit. So mm -hmm. an another weird thing I need to point out is that he said in a different post that I read to you that he had to keep serving in the military until 1987 because he didn't have a lot of money and like couldn't retire until then however according to defense.gov you only have to serve for about 20 to 30 years in the military to be able to retire with like a full retirement pay so if we believe him that he turned 79 in january of 2009 which means he was born in january of 1930 then he says he joined the military when he was around 14 years old then D-Day took place in June of 1944, which would make him 15 on D-Day. Then he says he was just discharged sometime after VE Day, which is May 8th, 1945, which would make him 16. Then we can assume he re-entered military service in 1947 when he was 18 because he says he was deployed to Jerusalem that year. So let's say that for some reason his years of military service when he was underage didn't count towards that 20-year retirement number. Well, he says he retired in 1987. So 1947 to 1987 is 40 years. So it doesn't really make sense that he wasn't able to retire before then if you only need 20 to 30 years of service, right? But right. I'm thinking like maybe there's something I'm missing. Like maybe there was a technicality that made him ineligible for retirement until then. Or maybe he was bad with money. Or maybe he wanted mm -hmm. to stay in for a long time to get free schooling because in a later post, he says that that's how he became a computer programmer, is that he stayed in the military and they taught him computer programming. Mm. So, so I don't know. But I just have to point that out because those are the points towards skepticism of this guy telling the truth. Okay. So, so what we do know is that Religion of Peace posted to r slash programming frequently, helping users with coding. So we know for a fact that he was proficient in computer programming, which he said he learned during his time in the military. He also explains that this is why he's on Reddit so frequently and why he's so computer 
proficient despite his old age. So you said like what 79 year old is on Reddit all day and like speaking this coherently and using technology so well. But he explains that he's like, well, I'm in front of a computer every day for my job. So every once in a while I pop on Reddit and I'm like really proficient in computer programming and HTML. So it's like not hard to navigate Reddit. Okay. Okay. All right. So Religion of Peace started promoting a website that he says is an image hosting website that he made. He advertises it whenever other Reddit users complain about Imgur or Photobucket being too slow to load. In one post, Mm. he says, maybe use my image host, one megabyte for unregistered, 30 megabytes for registered, and I don't drop any pictures after a certain length of time. When you click on this image hosting site, which was called That Old Guy's Image Host, (laughs) and was found on www.lakecityquietpills.com, it was immediately clear that it was hosting porn. A lot of it with girls that looked pretty young. Okay, so let's summarize what we know so far about this guy, Natalia. What have we learned? He's a fucking... I hate him. (laughs) He's a child molesting veteran who might be a spy, apparently, and doesn't shut the fuck up. Right, okay, so that's that's good. So he's a dirty old man, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, he's like that guy on um, Family Guy who's like, can't tell you yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the one that's always trying to like it's molest like the little boys. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. The guy that so whispers. He's a, right. So this is what we know about him. He's a dirty old man. He moderates two jailbait subreddits that are later removed for child porn. He owns an image hosting website called LakeCityQuietPills.com. He works as a computer programmer and is proficient in coding and programming. And he obviously, like, must have military experience. Either that or he's, like, a military fanatic because he knows way too much. And all of his timelines add up. How horny can you be at 79? Like, do I just not understand the male body? Because, like, does that (laughs) shit calm down after a while? Like, I'm assuming he's watching porn because he's trying to masturbate, right? Like, no one just watches porn or looks at pornographic images just for the beauty of them, right? I've never asked a grandpa what the, how they feel about internet porn, but that is a good question. If you are 79 and you listen to this podcast, please leave a comment right now on our SoundCloud letting us know. So, so this guy, so that's what we know about him, right? Is like the timelines do seem to add up. So either he has military experience or he's just like super obsessed with the military. Um, he's probably and he's 79. Yeah, he's killed people. If we believe him, then yeah, he's killed people. And at the very least, even if he hasn't killed anyone, he's obsessed with violence and murder, right? Right. Okay. So now we get to the meat of the mystery. I was going to say, he has too much gray matter in his brain. You know, like he only cares about sex and violence and war. Yeah, like his lizard brain is the only part that's activated. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So now we get to the meat of the mystery. In July... Of 2009, a Reddit user, u slash 26, posted on r slash all, writing, The end of religion of peace. He died today. I am the person who provided religion of peace the space for that old guy's image host. Milo died today 
He was 79 years old. He died at his desk looking at your sight. Milo was a mean old fucker. Me and an ornery. He, he hooked me up with my first gig when I got out of the army. I didn't like finding him like that. Milo didn't have any living relatives and no real friends. And other than his landlady and a few people where he worked, he didn't talk to anyone about much of anything. Me, he just tolerated. As I said, he was mean. I think he used that as a shield to keep people away from him. Milo thought God was some kind of con game, thought up by some lazy sons of bitches who didn't want to work every day. So he's going into the fire on Monday without a service, just like he wanted. I'm planning to dump his ashes in the woods in Pennsylvania, near where he was born. Can't put them, can't put them right there, because there's a mall there now. I gave the girl next door his raggedy old cat and most of his books. His computers and tronic shit he tagged for the disabled vets and the VVA. All the rest of the stuff is for the Salvation Army. All those years, and everything he owned fits in the trunk of my car. I don't know what else to say. I'll miss him. Miserable bastard. So, this is the first time anyone on Reddit has posted about knowing religion of peace, right? Like, I haven't told you about... What are the odds I, that two old guys have Reddit and they're both, like, whatever? Okay, so you... Well, this guy's not old. He's younger. Oh, he is? He's, he says that he knew religion of peace because after this guy got out of the military, religion of peace hooked him up with a job. Okay. Okay. So... And this is also the first time we see a name, Milo. This user, uh, whose name is u slash 26, also provided coordinates for where Milo's ashes would be spread. When we type these, I don't know, in case people wanted to visit it, I guess. So when we type those coordinates into Google, the site of of a Holiday Inn in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania appears. I'm going to send you a picture of okay. the, what the coordinates show and I want you to describe it to everyone. So hold on. What the hell? It's literally looks like it just says it says Holiday Inn Express, but on this satellite photo it's just raised to the ground. Like it's just a bunch of dirt and there's no building or anything. And it right. looks like it's a highway next to some sort of residential area or something. What is that? A mall, a strip mall, maybe? I don't know. It's a mall. Yeah, it's a mall and then a patch of dirt that says Holiday Inn Express and then a highway. Yeah, very classy place to spread your ashes. Right. So the important thing here is that these are all little breadcrumbs, right? Like these are all little clues for who this guy might have been because this guy said that his house remember he said he grew up on a farm then he decided to run away so he took the train to pittsburgh pennsylvania and then Mm -hmm. enlisted in the army so now it's revealed that he grew up in gettysburg pennsylvania because that's what this user 26 says i'm going to spread the ashes as close to his childhood home as possible like the childhood farm and childhood home right and if we look there really is according to these coordinates there really is a strip mall there and so he spread them as close as he could get them, he said. So the closest thing would be this, like, patch of dirt. So since Milo was such a big presence on Reddit, this post by 2-6 attracted quite a bit of attention, with Redditors paying their condolences. And in true Reddit fashion, this post's popularity spurred many Reddit users to look into who Milo was and who 2-6 is. 
Redditors managed to dig up information on an old website called FARC, where they found a user by the name of Angel26. The bio for this user reads, Dispensing Lake City quiet pills to lousy bastards in need of permanent rest since 1968. What? Yes. Angel26's comment history was very similar to that of Religion of Pieces. He talked about the military and violence frequently, detailing his favorite guns and his favorite ammunitions. He also had an email address, which was angel26 at lakecityquietpills.com. And if that isn't enough evidence that the Reddit user 26 is the same as the FARC user Angel26, when you compare the two posts, we can see that both users make the exact same spelling errors and put apostrophes in the same wrong places. So, in, like, you know the okay. word didn't? Like, right. where, does the apo- where does the apostrophe go? Uh, between the N and the T? Exactly. So he would put it before the N every single time. So my point is... Th- these two users have to be the same guy because they're both linked to Lake City Quiet Pills. They both make the exact same spelling errors and I grammatical errors. Yeah. And I they both have the I'm same I'm more interest. interested in what the fuck is a Lake City Quiet Pill. That okay. sounds like a cyanide or he's killing people. Oh, so now Redditors had made the connection between this FARC user and Reddit user, but the Lake City Quiet Pills website was still a mystery. Why name an image hosting website of porn lake city quiet pills and what did angel 26 mean when he said dispensing lake city quiet pills to lousy bastards in need of permanent rest since 1968 on march 17 2010 a user who had been poking around the lake city quiet pills website made a post on r wtf entitled remember that old guy's image host go to the root of the site and view the source Natalia, do you know what that phrase means? Go to the root of the site and view the source? Uh, yeah, like you go to the site and see who's hosting it or something. I don't know. What do you mean? So it means look at the HTML code of the site. Right. So if you're, can I get you to do this for our users? I want you to, uh, are you on a Mac or are you on a PC? I'm on a PC. Okay. So open up Internet Explorer or whatever you use. And I want you to just go to Amazon.com. Okay. And then scroll to the very bottom of Amazon.com. Okay. And then right click and then click show HTML code. View page source. Got it. Okay. Now scroll all the way to the bottom of all the code. Okay. What do you see? There's like so much. Okay. I'm scrolling all the way. Oh, cool. It's like a little, a little emoticon that says meow. Yeah, it's a duck that says meow. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted you to see that because even though you can't see that on the website, Amazon.com, a lot of websites add these little Easter eggs or extra things into their HTML code to make it fun for programmers mm. uh, or, or anyone who's like looking at it. So the point okay. is that this user who posted in r slash what the fuck had decided to do this to the Lake City Quiet Pills website. And so right say? click, what was on there? view source. And that blew this mystery wide open. When viewing the HTML of the website, a hidden message board was discovered. The message board consisted of job postings. So Natalia, I'm going to send you a portion of one of these postings, and I want you to read it out loud for our audience. Okay, this is okay. this is like some 
like dark web stuff i don't know i am really curious to see what you think of this it says july 17th 2009 i'm sorry to tell you that old milo died yesterday he went quiet and calm and not like we all figured i gave that fat mangy cat of his to the little girl next no services or nothing you know milo I'm taking his ashes back to where his farm was, close to it anyways. There's a mall where his place was, so hoist a few for the old man. Remember what he said, keep the faith with the man who's got your back. Then it says, filed XXXXX spec. Immediate need, 8 to 10, Chinese slash Korean, fluent Korean slash dialect slash accent details after contact. 12-week half-pay sequester on refusal. The next one says, 4 for 24-7 DP, 2-week gig, fluent English, 2-week sequester. The next one says, 4 English slash French, private security on cruise, must be bondable. Immediate, and then the next one says, immediate need, 12 SA Spanish speaking, no papers required, no records kept, 4-week paid sequester if refused. The next one says four Italian slash Spanish speakers, no Euro, W slash W must be bondable. The next one says four for 24-7 DP, four-week gig, English speaking, Spanish slash slash Portuguese fluency a plus. The next one says need formed group, eight to ten, single op, deliver bonus, gentleman's agreement insurance, immediate need. The next one says three Chinese slash Korean, fluent Korean slash dialect slash accent details after contract, after contact, six week sequester. Next one says two ground types, fluent Farsi, Arabic, French, no papers, no problems. The next one says need five fluent Portuguese, no Euro, W slash W, six month private gig. The next one says need two English speakers, private sec at sea. HW experience a must recent S or SBS preferred it says shade is maintaining the calendar and access to the file dump angel has the job postings for EU and Asia we aren't sending anyone to ME no one don't ask for listings is this trafficking like sex trafficking what is this so that's what I was going to ask you is what do you think this means <sighs> it's either sex trafficking I think, or he's like a spy. Like, why would he need people with accents or dialects? Okay, so people have been like, people on Reddit, after they discover this, right? They're doing the same thing you're doing. They're like, okay, what the fuck does this mean? And some people are speculating, okay, is it human trafficking? Some people are saying, um, yeah, is it like a military contract or maybe like mercenary work or like hitman jobs? Um, oh, yeah. And so all of these postings are filed with what are are filled with what appear to be acronyms, right? Like for example, there's like D P S A W slash W H W E U S S B S. Like there's just full of them. Okay, so right. a Reddit user um, posted on this thread and said, "There's a lot of abbreviations here. Here's what I think I've been able to figure out. C C W must mean concealed carry weapon permit." W slash W? No idea. My guess is that one of the W's must stand for warrants. Non-con non US is non-continental US. Hawaii, Alaska, and US overseas bases? Question mark. S is Navy SEALs, maybe? 
SBS Special Boat Service, British Navy Special Forces. RSA might mean Republic of South Africa. Iron Key is the world's most secure flash drive. DP is diplomatic protection? Not mm. sure. All of this is likely fake. Why would people why would people be posting job listings on a publicly available site? Someone responded and said, W slash W is once and warrants. A request for no US or Mex W slash W means they need someone who is criminally clean in the US and Mexico. Someone else responded saying, mm. sequester means if you decide to come and hear about the job but refuse to take it, then you have to sit out someplace where they can watch you till the job is done. Sensible bit of operational security. The next person said W slash W could also mean wet work. Uh, and someone else says, I think it means once and warrants. So, Natalia, have you ever heard of the term wet work? No. Isn't that where you, like, nurse babies? What is that? Like a wet that's nurse? A wet, that's a wet nurse, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. No. I don't know. Okay. No. Okay. So, it's actually kind of the opposite of that. Uh, because according to Wikipedia, wet work is a euphemism for murder or assassination that alludes to spilling blood. The expression... The expression and the similar wet job, wet affair, or wet operation, wet operation are all Russian terms for such activities and can be traced to criminal slang from at least the 19th century and originally meant robbery that involved a murder or spilling of blood. The operations are reputed to have been handled by the CIA and by the KGB's Spets Bureau 13, colorfully known as the Department of Wet Affairs. Okay, so if we think that W slash W is wet work, then this is for sure like a hitman website. Right. Okay. But why would it be on the inside of porn? Like, and why would he advertise it to people? Like, wouldn't he want it to be more secret? I'm confused. Okay, these are all really good questions. So on September 30th, 2009, over two months later, Angel26 posted to Lake City Quiet Pills again on the like secret HTML message board. And he wrote, 30th of September, 2009. For those who have asked, I bricked Milo's iron key the same day. All is well. Natalia, do you know what an iron key is? Uh, you said it's a flash drive, right? Like the most secure flash drive? Exactly. So it's the brand name of a family of encrypted USB portable storage devices owned by Kingston Digital, the flash memory affiliate of Cl Kingston Technology Company. And it's basically a way to store sensitive information that you wouldn't want others seeing. And then okay. to brick to brick an iron key means that you're permanently wiping all data from it and making it unusable for others who want to access it. So he's basically saying Milo had this iron key, this USB with encrypted information on it. And don't worry, everyone. I bricked it. I erased mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Okay. So on November 14th, 2009, Angel26 posted again to Lake City Quiet Pills saying, 14th of November, 2009. Milo's will cleared probate. Surprise, Milo was loaded. Email Shade if we sent you out in 2005 to 2009. Shade will have checks cut for you. Amount is, amount is by how many times, not by pay total. Small share is three to $4,000. So what do you interpret this as meaning? Sounds like they found out he has a bunch of money and now they're going to pay people for the work they did. But that's weird because wh why wouldn't they get paid when they did it? They're just doing it on, like, good faith. So it could have been that they never got paid originally or it could mean, like, hey, if you worked for him during this time frame, his will says you get three to $4,000 bonus. 
for like mm. working for him. Um, and then, yes. And then nothing else is posted on Lake City Quiet Pills again until January 12th, 2010, when Angel26 writes, 12th of January, 2010. Happy New Year, everyone. We're having a birthday party for the old man on the 19th. Party starts at 1500 at the usual. Send your RSVP to Shade. FYI, we're booking a room for three days for anyone coming from out of town and overnight for locals. Come hoist one back for Dutch Milo. The next post on Lake City Quiet Pills was posted by Angel26 on January 18th, 2010, the day before the party was to take place. The post reads, 18th of January, 2010, we got 38 rooms in the Marriott on 46. Shade has the key cards for locals. Pick up at the party. Give your travel name to the desk and that's it. No ID needed since we're covering the bill. Keep the room service under 500, okay? The phones there are not secure. Bus from the hotel leaves at 1330. Car service vouchers for return trip when you're ready to crash. Don't DUI. Okay. All right. So this post is weird as fuck, right? 38 rooms. That's like a fuck ton of people. Right. And it, if you're having a party and that's all you're doing, why does it matter that the front desk doesn't need you to show ID? And why does it matter that the phone lines aren't secure? And you may have also noticed that this post lists a time for pickup from a hotel as 1330 or 1.30. Uh, PM. Yeah. And on the previous post, Angel26 said that the party starts at 1500 or 3 PM, which also to me seems like a weird as fuck time to have a party, but I guess maybe it's like a day drinking situation. Okay. So Reddit. I don't understand what's happening. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So Reddit didn't understand either and they thought it was weird. So they decided to scour the internet to see if they could find this party. And many other Redditors speculated that this was a code for another hit job instead of a party. And they started scouring the internet for evidence of a hit. Well, it turns out that on January 19th, 2010, something very interesting did happen at a hotel at 3 p.m. in Dubai. Mm. On January 19th, 2010, Mahmoud Al-Mabu, a co-founder of the military wing of Hamas, checked into a hotel room in Dubai. He was wanted by the Israeli government for kidnapping and murder of two Israeli soldiers in 1989, as well as purchasing arms from Iran for use in Gaza. He was traveling alone and may or may not have been using a fake name, depending on which source you read. So, according to Wikipedia, despite reports that Al-Mabu traveled under a false passport with a fake name, Hamas and Dubai officials maintain that Al-Mabu entered the country under his own identity at 1515. Normally, Al-Mabu would have been protected by bodyguards, but their arrival was delayed because the guards could not get tickets for the same flight as there was no room on the flight. Hmm. Therefore, he traveled alone and the security guards were slated to join him the next day. Upon arrival in Dubai, Al-Mabu took a taxi to the Al-Bustan Rotana Hotel and settled into room 230. He had asked for a room with no balcony and sealed windows, so no one could enter other than through the door. He left the hotel between 1630 and 1700, roughly an hour after checking in. What he did during the next three to four hours remains unclear. Dubai's police chief said he did not meet anyone in the emirate and that he went shopping. What Al-Mabu didn't know was that he was being tracked by at least 29 suspects who arrived at the hotel before he did. 
hotel surveillance footage was released to the public showing the suspects, who had arrived on separate flights meeting in the hotel. While the suspects apparently used personal encrypted communication devices amongst themselves to avoid surveillance, the suspects were alleged by Dubai police to have sent and received a number of SMS text messages to telephone numbers in Austria. When Al Mabu arrived around 1500, two suspects dressed in tennis attire followed him to determine which room he had checked into, as well as the number of the room immediately across the hall. The information is alleged by the Dubai police to have been communicated to a third party, who then telephoned from a different hotel to book room 237. According to surveillance video, the individual who checked into 237 did not even enter the room, but appears to have given the room key to an accomplice in the lobby of the hotel and immediately left Dubai. Al Mabu later left the hotel, and while several of the suspects kept watch, it is thought that suspects tried to gain entry to his room. One of the lookout suspects can be seen on video surveillance delaying a tourist who exits the elevator on the second floor at this time, apparently to give other team members time to act. While another suspect distracted the tourist, it is claimed that four suspects entered the victim's hotel room and waited for him to return. The evidence for this is the fact that four men arrived by elevator and entered the hallway where the victim's room and the alleged perpetrator's rooms were located at this time, and the same four men immediately left after the assassination is supposed to have happened. A readout of activity that took place on the hotel room's electronic door lock indicated that an attempt was made to reprogram Al Mabu's electronic door lock at this time. The investigators believe that the electronic lock on Al Mabu's door may have been reprogrammed and that the killer gained entry to his room this way. The locks in question, Vincard Lock Link brand, can be accessed and reprogrammed directly at the hotel room door. The four men waited inside Al Mabu's hotel room until he returned from his alleged shopping trip. They then assassinated him, wiped down the scene, and left the room one by one. Nobody knew that Al Mabu had died until the following day when a hotel cleaner attempted to gain entry, but found that the door was latched from the inside. A member of hotel security was then called in to open the door. After the door was opened, Al Mabu's body was discovered on the bed. On the drawer next to him, the assassins had placed a small bottle of medicine to make it appear as if he had died of natural causes. Initially, Dubai authorities believed Al Mabu had died of natural causes. Fauzi bin Amran, the Dubai police coroner, said it was meant to look like death from natural causes during sleep, and it took 10 days for the Dubai police to come to the conclusion that Al Mabu was assassinated. Bin Amran described the, deter the determination of the exact cause of death as, quote, one of the most challenging cases my department has ever faced. The Collège Times quoted an unnamed senior police official as saying that four masked assailants had shot Al Mabu's legs before using a pillow to suffocate him to death. Another story reported by Uzi Manaimi stated that a hit team murdered Al Mabu with a heart attack inducing drug, then proceeded to take photographs of his documents before leaving. Al Mabu's family, on the other hand, said that medical teams that examined his body determined that he died in his, in his hotel room after being strangled and receiving a massive electric shock to the head, and that blood samples examined by a French laboratory confirms that electrocution was the cause of death. According to Reuters news agency, traces of poison were found in Al Mabu's autopsy. Dubai authorities stated that 
stated they were ruling the death as homicide and were working with the International Crime Police Organization, or Interpol, to investigate the incident. Other news reports gave varying causes of death, including suffocation with a pillow in conjunction with poisoning. In an international press conference, General Tamim, General Tamim, the head of the investigation, said that the cause of death is yet to be concluded. Moreover, on the 1st of March 2010, the Dubai police stated that he was first drugged, then smothered to death. Major General Kamis Matar al-Mazina, as the deputy commander of Dubai's police, gave details of the death of al-Mabu after forensic tests. Al-Mabu was injected in his legs with a quick-acting, depolarizing paralytic muscle relaxant. It causes almost instant loss of motor skills, but does not induce loss of consciousness or anesthesia. Then Al-Mabu was suffocated to death with a pillow. Al-Mazena said the assassins used this method so that it would seem that his death was natural. 26 of the 29 suspects have had their passport photos released to the public. Dubai police said the assassins spent little time in the Emirate, arriving less than a day before the assassination, killing Al-Mabu between his arrival at 3.15 p.m. and 9 p.m. that night, and subsequently leaving the country before his discovery, all of whom entered the country using fake or fraudulently obtained passports. Okay, wait, wait, wait. This is too much information. So what, what are you telling me? Is he a hitman? What is this? So basically... That doesn't make sense to me. What's happening? So... Basically, there are 648 hours of video films in which 27 suspected persons appear, and the police say they found the DNA of four suspected agents. So people think that that's probably the DNA of the four people who killed this guy, who assassinated this guy. Okay. And they were definitely... All, this whole operation was like extremely efficient because nobody even knew this guy was dead until all of these people had already flown out of the United Arab mm -hmm. Emirates. And they still haven't been caught to this day. There were two right. people from who allegedly had Palestinian um, documents that were caught and like may or may not be in jail right now, but the information's like really hazy on that. But a lot of people think that that's just like people who took the fall. Like, that the United Arab Emirates didn't want to say that they hadn't caught anyone, so they, like, took these two Palestinian guys and said, like, oh, maybe it's these guys. So it's not really sure, but it's, like, not, yeah, it's not super sure. So out of those 648 hours of uh, video surveillance, there's only 30 minutes of security footage of the incident that's available to the public, and I'll post some of it to the Instagram account, like, the most interesting parts, but it basically shows a bunch of people like d orchestrating this like really efficiently like there's mm -hmm. someone who like checks in and then hands the card to someone else as they're walking through the hallway then there's a group of people that go up to um the guy's room while he's out of the room and they're like fiddling around with the door key trying to get into his room and then a random person comes up the elevator and one of the dudes like runs over to him and is like oh can you tell me where the blah 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 is you know like just distracting him so that that guy doesn't see right. that there are people breaking into someone's room and then they right. all go into this guy's room and hide 
uh, in, I don't know, I think I read something that said some of them hid behind like the bed. So like basically they're just waiting for this guy to come in. He comes in and immediately gets ambushed. And like even his cause of death hasn't quite been released yet. Like they can't really figure it out, which further just proves to right. this being like is proof of this being a professional hit. But what they think what yeah. they think ended up happening is they injected him with a paralytic so that he would be conscious, yeah, but not yeah, but part. not able to move. And then they suffocated right, him. and then they suffocated him to death. And then and then they put medicine there to make it look like maybe he died. Right. So they like staged it. They like staged the scene. So and then they left and nobody knew anything was wrong until the cleaning lady came in the next day. And by that time, everyone was already gone. Yeah. And so and then they still thought right. for 10 days, they thought he just died of natural causes. And then finally, they're like, wait, there's like poison in his system and all this other stuff. So so what does is does why is this guy 79 years old on Reddit looking at child porn and is also is also a hitman like wh how did these two things collide okay so they collide because not only does the date of this assassination line up exactly with the date and time posted to lake city quiet pills as milo's funeral party like his celebration of life i got but that some... yeah i just don't understand why is it on a child porn well, site. it's the the website isn't a child porn site. It has pornographic images with girls that look really young, but some of them are just like like do you know who Riley Reed is, the porn star who like yeah, she yeah. like looks really young but she's actually like 30. And so guys who look at her porn okay. are looking at her porn for, because she looks really she looks underage, but she's not. So that's what a okay. lot of the porn was on the website. So um some of the suspects involved in this murder in this assassination like they they had to pay in order to like get on a plane right and like check in at the hotel and you know have cell right. phones so authorities are trying to trace back like where did they get their money from because if they can figure out where the money came from they can figure out who these people are so they mm -hmm. trace back the credit cards to a town in iowa called storm lake which is about 50 minutes from lake city iowa Oh. And Lake City, Iowa, when you Google it, the first thing that pops up is an ammunitions plant that is based in Lake City. And it's one of the U.S.'s largest manufacturer of bullets. So Lake City Quiet Pills, like you pointed out, could refer to bullets. Because when you Google Lake right. City, Iowa Quiet Pills, the first thing that pops up is the ammunitions plant that makes... It's one of the largest in the U.S. and it just makes bullets. Okay. Right. So... Wow, if this guy would have just kept his mouth shut. Like, he didn't need to go on Reddit and say all that stupid shit. No right. No one ever figured this out. <laughs> right. Well, he's already dead at this point. But people think supposedly. that... Supposedly. That the porn on this website was just so that nobody would suspect that it was actually being used as like a hitman message board so that if like a random person right. just stumbles across it they're going to be like oh this is porn i don't want to look at this like this is like weird porn that looks right. underage i don't want to get in trouble i'm not going to look at this but then why did he advertise it like to people who couldn't find like ugh, this is just right? a lot of things that don't exactly make sense. 
Maybe because he was getting old, he just, like, wanted to brag. Like, he wanted someone to figure it out because it's, like, way cooler that he's an assassin. Yeah, or, like, he's losing it. Like, he's 79 and he's just, yeah. like, not in his right mind. Or maybe he thought in a weird way. He was like, if I advertise it, then people will think it's legit. And no one will suspect that, like, it's actually a hitman, like, message board. Right. Or maybe that was, like, code to people. Like, he you know was thinking like other maybe other hitmen if they got went to that website would know because there's like certain codes that we can't understand right yeah it could and then they would know to look at it i don't know yeah it could very well be and like yeah the average person like you said is not gonna want to like be on a child porn website even if even if it's not actually child porn i think like a normal person if they open if they stumble across a website and they're like this is littered in questionable images of like I don't yeah. know if this person is of age or not. Like, you're just going to exit. You're not going to right click and look at HTML. You're going to be like, fuck, I need to scrub my whole computer so that the like yeah. FBI doesn't come after me. So exactly. Right. OK. So a couple of weeks after this assassination. So during this whole assassination, like there's that post advertising um, this quote unquote party that just happens to take mm -hmm. place in a hotel on the same day at the same time as this assassination in Dubai. And then the Lake City Quiet Pills website just goes blank. Like, no more job postings until right. February 2nd, 2010, when Angel26 posted again to Lake City Quiet Pills, writing, February 2nd, 2010, party bills. Here is the final for the party. Hotel rooms, $48,341. Limo, $6,080. Bus, $569. Bar bill, $18,890. Food, $8,030. Dancers, $8,300. Miscellaneous tips, $850. Miscellaneous expenses, $2,840. Medical supplies, $180. Fat Tommy and Stu are okay. Total, $94,080. You all did Dutch Milo proud. Thanks. Okay, so wow. what do you think yeah, of that? Yeah, that definitely sounds like it. That definitely sounds like code. Right, exactly. Like, like that's not how much anything costs. So right. So that's yeah, that's an insane amount of money for a party. So once all of these dots were connected by Reddit between this assassination and the postings on Lake City Quiet Pills, that's when this story like blew the fuck up online. And the next time anyone tried to access the secret message board of Lake City Quiet Pills, suddenly it was encrypted because the mm. like Angel26 saw that this was trending on Reddit and they were like, fuck. So they encrypted the messages. So then users start working on trying to unencrypt the messages. But then Angel26 encrypts the messages again, like for a second time. And then he takes the website down completely. So now we get into the theories. So like you said, um, maybe human trafficking, maybe a hoax, maybe an assassination, maybe like mercenary work, maybe military contract workers, or is this an ARG, which we talked about in our Happy Valley survey episode about like maybe this is just some person that wanted to like make a like game. A yeah, like a role playing game. So I don't know. What do you think? I think it's the hitman thing. Yeah. That's what I definitely think it is. Yeah. I think there's the way that they were talking and what they needed from people and the fact that if you refuse the job, you have to be sequestered for six weeks. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's not... 
And so if it was human trafficking, that wouldn't happen. You're, you don't get an option to take a job or not. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So, yeah. So that really seems... I don't know. To me, it seems like a hitman. The only thing that doesn't make sense is why this guy would be running his mouth on Reddit, like talking about how he knows how to kill people and hide bodies. Because if you're really a hitman, like you don't do that. But maybe he just, yeah, was losing it. Just got too cocky. I don't know. Well, and I also like I was thinking that exact same thing. But then I was watching Unsolved Mysteries on um on a fucking Netflix and they had a guy on there who was like I'm a former CIA agent I know how they kill people and he's like of course he's much more professional than this fucking weirdo on Reddit was but like I was thinking about it if you have if you're like able to talk about it in a way that's like semi-anonymous you might feel like oh yeah like this is finally my chance like I did this really cool shit I'm hella old now I'm gonna die like, I want to tell someone about this and maybe, I don't know, maybe he just felt safe being on Reddit, like, under a pseudonym. Yeah. Especially it was yeah, it was early I days so. of Reddit. Like, people didn't, like, it wasn't that popular. Like, now it's fucking huge, right? Like, but, I mean, like we talked about, it was kind of the Wild West. Like, even things like child porn and stuff was still, like, being debated about if it's okay. Right. That's really true. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, my pick is that this is like a hitman ring or whatever you want to call that yeah i don't know what it's called i think so too like mercenary work like an or, agency yeah wet work but i guess the question is like was it backed by the government or not because like i read to you in that big long explanation the united yeah. arab emirates kept saying like israel's behind it and who and and like all these other countries that are um you know, allies with Israel, which the U.S. is one of them, like they're all in cahoots. Mm-hmm. And then when the United Arab Emirates, I forgot to tell you this, requested the information of who got those credit cards, those credit cards from Lake City, um, the U.S. refused to comply. They refused to hand over the information. Yeah, I mean, if he was working for the U.S. military and helping that kid get his job after he got out of the military, sounds like he has connections with the U.S. military, whether that's like the CIA or whoever. I mean, the CIA is like who I think of when I think of a hitman who's working for the U.S. government. Yeah, I think of that, too. Yeah. So I don't know. But the very last thing I have for you is that I watched this video on this topic from a YouTube channel called Barely Sociable. And he said that he pointed out that if you go on a website called Snoop Snoo, you can look up any Reddit username and it'll show you like all of its posts and it'll tell you like when the last time it posted was and when the account was created. If you type in Religion of Peace, his account was used as recently, allegedly, was used as recently as May 8th of 2019. When this guy supposedly died yeah. in 2009. So that's so creepy. Right. But if you look at his username on Reddit, you can see all these posts are still there. Like I was reading them to you. I like looked them up and he hasn't posted since he quote unquote died. So why does Snoop Snoo say that he did post? So barely sociable. This YouTuber says that as far as he's concerned, he only knows two ways that this could have happened. Either Snoop Snoo is just like glitching out and like is wrong or this username, this Religion of Peace, posted to a subreddit that is private in 2019. Because if it's a private post, you can't read it. And when then he was like, okay, I'm going to look up 
um, Angel26, and I'm going to see like when his last post was, and his last post was also in 2019, but you can't see it when you look at his um, Reddit history. So I guess that like poses the question, is Milo still alive? Does somebody have access to his account? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I did not think that guy was 79. And maybe the reason that he was talking so much is he was talking in code, you know, like, I mean, I'm not a hit man, but if someone was like, maybe there's like code, like maybe if you tell people, oh, I fought in this war or I did this, or you talk about certain things, people know you're like involved in something, you know? Oh, and you know, know. no, that's a good point. And actually, um, I'm glad you said that because some people think that his name, Milo, is actually um, a ac- an acronym because so many things on the website, his Lake City Quiet Pills website, were acronyms. And apparently Milo stands for Military Intelligence Liaison Officer. Wow. Yeah, that's what I think it is for sure. Yeah. So do you think he's still alive? Well, I think the most reasonable explanation is that he died, obviously, but this is his ghost that is continuing <laughs> to post on and has created a Reddit. A ghost Reddit, and that's that why we can't see a it. A ghost Reddit, <laughs> right. And yeah, they're, they're killing people to turn them to the other side to become ghosts. Oh, that's, wow, Natalia, I think we've cracked it. And I think we're the first podcast to propose that theory, so... We're just right. groundbreaking in every sense of the word. But, oh, before I... What do you think? Um, I mean, before I forget, I did want to say that I feel like you said that you, like, kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, Why, like, all of these weird posts that he's making, maybe it's a code. I'm wondering, like, what if he did that purposefully to, like, throw people off so that people would be like, oh, he's clearly full of shit. Like, this Lake City mm. Quiet Pills is a hoax. Right. I don't know. So, see, that doesn't add up to me because if you really do have this secret website that you're trying to fly under the radar and get, well, I I don't know. I have no fucking idea because, yeah, I guess maybe if the FBI is looking at you, then they're going to be like, what's the deal? Like, they probably know about this. The FBI is like, oh, like, hitman people or like assassins often will talk in the html part of a website you know like maybe maybe they know like this website looks like a front because maybe they they on the backside can see that oh this website's not generating any income or we can see that people only use it from this time and this time and there's maybe there's like red flags that go off or bells that alarm when it's like different weird times or something something's being used you know like right. or they're like why is no one actually using this service it seems like a front yeah and so maybe that's why he wanted people to upload to it so that there would be like different ip oh, addresses that's a good, oh uploading that's a good to point it. yeah you could be right that's actually a really good point and i mean if the f I, yeah i don't know yeah, it's super, super crazy story. I but don't understand. Me neither. <laughs> it's a lot of technology. Like, I, I, but yeah, that's, I think it, someone on here, there's got to be someone who's like well-versed in this. Someone who's used to work for the CIA or still works for the CIA. I don't know. Or like someone who's like a computer programmer or people who just know about this story. Like, let us know what some of the stuff that we are just not understanding right. is. Right, yeah. There's probably like a really easy key that we're just missing because we don't understand what like 
w slash w means or something i don't know exactly yeah leave a comment below post in our subreddit if you have any theories we love to hear listener theories tell me if i missed something tell uh tell me if you think it's a hoax i don't know there's like a huge group of people on the internet that are just like no it's straight up a hoax and then there's another group of people on the internet that are like why would you keep a hoax going for that long you know right yeah i don't think it's a hoax i think that there's something real in it but there is something the only thing that leads me to think that maybe it was a host is why is this why was the guy talking about how he kills people and stuff you right know? yeah but but people are yeah, dumb. yeah but then sometimes people are just dumb that's true that's why people get caught yeah because they brag or they like send in letters to the police i don't know right yeah well, right he did it for clout like if he yeah. would have just sh- shut up we would have never found out right yeah if, little... if he would fucking shut up about questionable underage <laughs> pornography and programming and war and killing someone with a piano wire nobody would have ever looked into lake city quiet pills right what a great story Alyssa. Thank this was you. very cool we haven't had anything like this on the podcast so thanks that was very haunted yeah i thought it was yeah. haunted as fuck all right, do you want to do our sign-off? BRB, gotta go create a secret assassin network liaison on the back end of uh, 4chan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.